Jen? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm feeling great in my pink shirt. My feminine looking pink button up, oh, short sleeve shirt. Real men wear pink, man. Whatever, man. I take that as kind of offensive because, like, you you know, I, I wear a lot of pink, like, so now you, you know. I've never seen you in pink. Oh, well, now next, next. I see you in a lot of, and a lot of black and a lot of gold. Very true. Um, Blue. And pink is in there a lot, too, but. Okay. Another day. Not paying close enough attention. Yeah, man. This is a fashion show by Josh and Jaren. Oh, it is. We we switched up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jaren. That's Josh. We're going to talk about music. Yes, actually. we are. Specifically um, today. fashion. Um, we. We've alluded to him before, one of our favorite artists, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, an artist that Jaren and I can both agree on. You didn't even give me a chance to drum roll for the audience. You got to do that again. Okay. We've alluded to him before. Kendrick Lamar. Let's do it. Um, so, again, Jaren and I both agree that he's probably the best modern rapper. Yeah, definitely. Beside Playboy Cardi. And we, oh, you know, we both gosh. love his albums, genuinely, you know, we both love his albums enjoyment-wise as well as appreciation, mm-hmm. right? Like, we genuinely enjoy listening to those. Yeah. Albums. I'm loving your setup here. Let me just say it. Except for, like, you know how to derail the segment, bro. Like, why would you bring Playboy <laughs> Cardi up in the same sentence? I, I wish you wouldn't call me out on that, man. At least go J. Cole or, you know. Let me throw my little Playboy Cardi in nah, there. Nah, man. He's up next. He's not. <laughs> so, we're, you know, the three albums that people know about that are the most acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Good Kid, Mad City. Damn. To Pimp a Butterfly. Yes, sir. We'd like to talk about those, maybe to see which one emerges as our favorite of those three. Yeah. I know I have a definite favorite. I got one, and I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Uh, I'm taking To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. I love that album. And I think, okay, over the course of us talking about this, these albums are all like eights, nines, easily. Mm-hmm. I, I got to give probably a 10 to Pimp Butterfly. Okay. Well, I mean, I might even agree with that, but I I prefer Good Kid, Mad City. That's my favorite album. And Better or Worse is a hard thing to say. I mean, they both have different things going for them. But uh, I don't know. I might try to argue with you about this one a little bit. Just, well, you, you, you threw me a, a curveball right there. You know what you did, but we'll, we'll leave that off I there. don't know what you did. <laughs> What did I do? What did, I thought for sure you was going to say, damn. Uh, I'm ready to go go to bat against damn, but okay. Dog. So, <laughs> no, you know that I love Good Kid, Man City. All right. So, um, wow. Uh, gathering myself now. Did I really throw you? Did you really not expect that? Not at all. Bro. Why did you think I liked damn so much? I mean, we just sat here talking about damn. Well, it's a great, I mean, it's another nine, you know? Yeah. But, uh, all right. So, to Pimba Butterfly, what's so great about it? Um... I can't believe that you weren't <laughs> expecting that. I feel like I talk about, okay, I feel like I talk about just personally the songs off of Good Kid, Mad City. That was one of the albums that got me into hip-hop, period. Mm. You know, it was one of the first hip-hop albums. I was like, this like it was like the fourth hip-hop yeah. album. I remember in high school when it came out and everyone was talking about it. Everyone was saying how Kendrick Lamar is so smart. He, I, he, I heard he read a dictionary. What? One of my one of my classmates said that when Good Kid Mad City came out. I heard you read a dictionary. I heard you read a dictionary. Wow. All right, I'm gonna gloss over that one. To Pimp Butterfly. I'm sorry, Jaren. To Good Kid Mad City is my favorite. Yeah. Well, all right. It was something so differently musically uh, from a hip hop artist. Like I've never, and I don't know if we ever will hear your album like To Pimp a Butterfly. Like lyrically, like it's on point. The stuff he's talking about, um, 
as like a, a young black male, I, I definitely can relate to. Uh, and then just the the music, like you know, you got some a lot of funk in there. You got some jazz, a lot of soul. It's a hip hop album, but it's not necessarily like you know hip hop all the time. The music isn't. Um, it's not a rap album. Um, and it's very just cohesive. Like there's, so it's a Kendrick Lamar album, but there's probably like three or four people on on that album that are on like a lot of the songs, you know. And they kind of like you can hear them throughout the songs and stuff. So it right. kind of ties it together a little bit. Like as a body of work, um, so I, I I would say the cohesiveness cohesiveness of the album like gives it you know um, a thumbs up in my book definitely. Yeah, you've talked about that how that's an important aspect for an album it has yeah. to feel like a complete picture. Definitely, I would genuinely argue that Good Kid, Mad City is more cohesive than To Pimp a Butterfly. I mean, maybe even to the credit of there's a lot of different stuff going on. There is yeah. funk and jazz and a lot of different kinds of influences but those it makes it to for a kind of a rocky listen for me what's a pimp butterfly yeah what? yeah it's it's like i can't really i don't know I, I i it doesn't go down as smoothly as good kid mad city that's a that's a very easy just hip-hop record to listen to and there's still a lot of other influences i mean there's jazz on there too certainly and he, he takes he borrows from a lot of from older hip-hop and from older soul influences just mm -hmm. as well and G-Funk to some extent. Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, it's like, there's a lot of different stuff on Pimp Butterfly, but I think that's both to its credit and its discredit. And to respond to, you know, there's a few different artists that are kind of on it that you hear the whole time. I mean, it glues it together a little better, but I kind of enjoy the, variety of perspectives that i hear on good kid, kid mad city a little bit more than to pimp a butterfly is just barely not is just barely not too much of a mishmash of different heads coming together like if it was just a little bit more scattered as far as who is working on the album i think it would be like too much it's like a lot you know it's a lot to handle uh, i don't you get, think you get so. thundercats like manic sensibilities on there and it kind of clashes with the I don't know, with the accessibility of the hip-hop that Kendrick Lamar usually does. So there's like a few little aesthetic things that poke out. Am I making any sense to you? It definitely, but I, I would disagree. Um, I would say that, okay, yeah, there is a lot going on, but it all has this unifying sound to it, um, whether it's, you know, the keyboard or the bass. Like, it all kind of has that thing going through it to let you know, okay, well, this is from this album. Like, you could put on a song from us, a pimp of butterfly. If you've never listened to, if you know, if you're f familiar with Kendrick, um, and you haven't heard this album in a while, you could just say, okay, well that's probably from to pimp of butterfly. Like that's true. It yeah. has that kind of sound quality going to it. So I would say that, yeah, there is a lot going on, but they, they have a great way of somehow tying it together. Um, but I will agree with you on, uh, good kid, Mass city might be a little more cohesive just because there is that uh, whole story aspect of I th it. I think the story is brilliant too. Yeah. I think the story is, is, is way more impactful emotionally to me because I mean, I haven't been through any of that stuff, but it's still, mm -hmm. I still really feel what he's talking about. Still gives me goosebumps every time. Well, there, there's, there's a bit of a story. Um, it's a little looser in September butterfly. Um, but good kid, Mad city listens like a movie. You know, absolutely. Um, but just musically, and as a as an album, as as classic and revolutionary as uh, Good Kid, Mad City is, I still think to Pimp a Butterfly is a notch above. 
like he definitely went and tried to be- better that album. Yeah, like, I know make what a better saying. album than you know, which I didn't know he could do. Do you, here's a problem I have with that album is the there's like kind of a preachy aspect to it. You know that whole interlude before I, where he's on the mic, and he's there's like the clamor of the crowd noise, and he's talking to the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, I love myself. Yeah, yeah, I skip that usually. So that little interlude. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like preachy, man. It's kind I of mean, redundant. Well, yeah, but you know, there's probably a, a preachy moment or two in Good Kid, Mad City, as well. There's a literal, like, I don't know, is that the Lord's Prayer? The, the, okay, you got so a point. But there's, li- there's that. It's literally that, you know. <laughs> but at the same, I mean, I don't know. I, I was, I got that impression the first time I listened through it. Is, you know, he's talking about very important stuff, but he kind of knows that he is, and he, I don't know. I got kind of like almost a, almost a holier than thou sense a little bit the first couple of times. If I felt kind of averted to it. Like he's really trying to talk at me with all of the subject matter. Good Kid, Mad City more so paints a picture and tells a story rather than try to like point a finger at me and like tell me about, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I actually kind of would agree with that. Um, but I think he just changed up his approach a little because he had already done what he did. You don't want to hear him make another Good Kid, yeah, Mad City. Yeah, you wouldn't want to hear another story for sure. Yeah, you know, so he tried to take elements from that album and like make them new, which I think he did a great job of. Um, but like again, he you don't want him to do the exact same thing and make a, you know, the same. I could do album. without the poem too. See, I I, I think that's dope. It's a little cheesy to me. Nah, I, I think it's dope. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't hit home emotionally as well as the excerpts and voicemails that were on Good so Kid. So you still going going stick with Good Kid Mad? All right, let me ask you this: um, What are your top three songs from that album? Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. Let me think about that. Got to put you on the spot. I would say. The the single from it is actually pretty great. You can't play it off your phone. That's not allowed. <laughs> We're gonna get flagged. Let me see. I that really was like me screaming. That wasn't. Yeah, Shireen track one. Mm. Super intelligent. Yeah, that bass line, man. Oh, that was just the bass. I was gonna literally. Say the same that thing. is what drew me into Kendrick Lamar. Um, I got I got to tell the story. So, this is back when I'm like 18 at this point. Uh, I don't really know too much about Kendrick Lamar. Like, I'm like, who who is the guy that everybody keeps talking about? So um, back when you used to actually have to buy your music off of iTunes, they would have sales every now and then. So I think it was like Black Friday. They had like, you know, um, new albums for four ninety nine or whatever. Right. So, I, you know, you, now you had a little 30-second snippet you can listen to. Uh-huh. So I checked out. I was like, let me check them out for 30 seconds. So I listened to uh, that 30-second snippet of Shireen. And the, like I didn't, he wasn't even rapping on the thirty second snippet, but just the baseline. I was like, was what it the is intro? This? Was it the first thirty seconds of the song? No, nah, it was like the intro. Like, but before he starts rapping, there might have been a small part of him rapping in there, but it was mostly like the music. And I was like, all right, just for this, I gotta spend this five dollars on this album. People, you know, they talk about the musicality on on to Pimp a Butterfly, but Good Kid, Mad City is a lot of musicality on it that. Does, it's but a lot still, of appreciation. Still not uh, uh, on par. On on with. par is Thundercat. No. Yeah, so but but definitely great. Kamazi Washington again, another way I think he improved on what he what made that album so great, um, and took it to the next one and made it better. Um, so, what are your favorites? I said, oh wait, so Shireen, track one, mm-hmm. Kansas City, Money Trees, mm. I think it's brilliant, and then maybe favorite hip hop song of all time period is Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst. What? That is a random one. Are you kidding? I get crazy. Yeah, that song. Went. That's a that's a. So I agree. He's telling with some. Impactful stories, man. Jesus. 
on uh, Shireen and um, also Money Trees. If I had to pick a third from that album personally, I'd probably go with The Art of Peer Pressure or uh, Good Kid. Oh, uh, those are totally up there, too. Yeah. Good Kid, I don't know if you know, but um, I, I'm pretty sure that that is um, like an interpretation of a Roy Ayers song called uh, We Live in Brooklyn. Check out We Live in Brooklyn. Go and listen Roy to Ayers. that. And yeah. Tell us what you think. If you think it, it's Kendrick is trying to make a song like that or not. Like Maybe I'm just tripping. You pointed that out on one of the tracks on, on what, oh, King Kunta. Yeah. That he, was James like Brown. an homage to a James Brown. Yeah. What was the name of the James uh, Brown track? The Big Payback. Yeah. Yeah. Total similar, similar things. Yeah, man. So, uh, nice segue. I so, remember. my three from Tapimba Butterfly, um, the first track, Wesley's Theory with George Clinton. Oh, my God. I still, like, you know how when an album's new and you, like, there's a song in there that you just can't stop listening to because you're like, how did they, they make this? It just has that impact on you. Yeah. Like, four years later, I'm still like that about that song. Like, I'm still mm-hmm. playing it in my car like it's the new the new song out. I understand. Um, so Wesley's pretty great. Theory. Yeah, man, that bass. And it's like he bought G-Funk back for a little bit. One you know? of my things, see, right after you get hit with that song, you get hit with the four free interlude. Yeah. That's a harsh thing to put as yeah, track definitely. two of your record. <laughs> I think it worked, though, because then he, you go right back up with King Kunta. Um, so my first one would be Wesley's Theory. Um, after that, you, man, I think that is like, I don't know if there could be a better storytelling hip-hop song like he tells a story in that and then the beat switches up man i think i think uh i think both sing about me i'm dying of thirst are that's way better yeah. and the last track on damn is even better storytelling than you remember the last track on it's called duckworth i think he's telling uh, about see, the whole story uh, don't get we beat that's switches switches another segment don't, don't get me started on damn okay uh, right now oh that's unfair but um <laughs> good good song still i understand what you're saying and then rounding out my three would be the blacker to berry. See, aesthetically, like I think that's what puts the song over the edge for me. Like the beat, and then like the you got like the um, the reggae kind of vibe in there. You know what I mean? Like it's just a hard edge song. Like it's just yeah, I got it's almost it. a rock song in nothing, a way. Nothing bad to say about this. It's good. Song. Good <laughs> song. So that'd be my three. Um, Can we come to a consensus? I think our consensus is that both records are better than Damn. Oof. Damn. I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think we're going to have to disagree. I mean, agree to disagree, but I will say this in closing. Like, I'm not saying it's a pimp. I mean, Good Kid, Mad City isn't uh, awesome, maybe a 10 record, it, but it's not to pimp a butterfly. I think in 10 years, like, when they really start, you know, making – uh, best hip hop albums of the last twenty five years, like September Butterfly, will be like one, two, or three. We're damn. I think it will because it's just the social commentary serves as a hook, you know. Uh I think the music is like what is what'll put that over the edge. Social commentary, yes, like it was definitely. Uh, we needed that for that time. We still do, but the music, man. Like, well, if if we have to really choose between one of those two, I would st- I would. I would probably go with Pimp Butterfly because he takes more risks. That's what pushes me over the edge. I would understand why that, as far as why that would get remembered in years. He get, he takes a lot of risks for a pop artist. But personally, I I definitely enjoy Good Kid, Mad City. It affects me more emotionally. Yeah, I think it's I think it's better written. But 
we can agree to disagree. You disagree. Um, and I'll be listening to both of those later tonight just to see if you could change my mind. I know you can't, but we'll I probably see. can. Drop an answer. What do you think? What do you think is your favorite of the two albums? Do you think Damn is better than both of those? Do you think we don't know what we're talking about? Because we don't think we know what we're talking about. I'm having fun, though. I'm having fun doing it. <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Mm. We're back. We are. Kendrick. Lamar, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, I've described him in the past as the Bob Dylan of our time. Ooh, I didn't hear that. You know, I, I'm I'm a little offended for Kendrick. Like, I don't think he'd want to be compared to. Well, who is who Bob is Dylan. who are we looking at as the leading social commentary deliverer musically, culturally, hmm. right? And I th- I think Bob Marvin Dylan Gay. held that position. Uh, and, for me personally. I mean, I think if you're going to look at somebody that cataloged what was happening socially during the 60s, I think it's Bob Dylan, right? As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, maybe 70s was uh, Marvin Gaye. I mean, I'm not familiar enough with his records. I I guess I can't sound familiar enough with Bob Dylan, so. But, you know, the times there are changing and how many roads must a man walk? Mm. I mean, that's, that's, we know about that 60 years later, you know? Yeah. Dang, 60 years. He wrote those when he was like 20 and 21. Can you imagine how many that much talent? I can't. 20? Well, I mean, don't. Okay, you keep okay, okay. me with these. Like, you know I don't think that man is talented. <laughs> anyway, it's just as far as holding that position in society, I think Bob Dylan held it and other people held it and now the torch is semi in Kendrick's yeah, hands. definitely. And he was. And he, J. Cole. He was. Do, what? Dude, now you're doing it. And he did that with. To Pimp a Butterfly and Good Kid, Mad City, he was talking about super real things. Mm-hmm. And the prose was amazing. And I haven't been through anything that he was talking about, but I still feel emotionally. I can relate to it in my own way. Mm-hmm. That's the brilliance of it. That's a good songwriting is being yeah. able to put somebody in your shoes who has not been in your shoes. But Damn doesn't do that quite as much. Yeah. He does some general stuff about America and about gun violence. Yeah. There's, it. Some of it's pretty moving but damn is an entirely personal record or like 90 percent personal yeah i feel like a lot of that comes from um like you said it was general stuff about america like everybody was kind of doing that after trump got elected you know what i mean like yeah he didn't he didn't need to be part of you know the whole charade it's okay let's get right into it like damn great album um definitely would say out of the three like Classic Kendrick albums is, is definitely at the bottom for me. Um, it's funny that the album name is Damn because when it came out and I listened to it, I was like, damn. <laughs> like, that's why he named it that because he knew it would be somewhat of a letdown from his fir- from the previous two. And he would just be like, damn, when it came out. Like, I think he was thinking of you specifically when he yeah, named it. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. That mother. But uh, good stuff. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking about an artist that can't really. He hasn't made a bad record. Yeah, he it's like he can't fail. We're Even, just talking relative to the incredibly, incredibly ten out of ten stuff that he's made. His worst album is probably still an eight, eight and a half. Like an eight and a half probably. Right. <laughs> so Damn is is less I mean, it it's a less huge album. It doesn't do it doesn't do so much to reach into big, big, vast subjects and mm-hmm. concepts. Even though, you know, that was kind of the intention, you know, he like all the songs were like God, love, yeah. fear. He tries to capitalize on these big, huge concepts, yeah. but he doesn't do it in such an all-encompassing way, like in To Pimp a Butterfly or in, in 
I don't know. I don't think my wording is quite right for this, but it's it doesn't it doesn't feel quite as universal. Yeah. He's talking mostly from personal. Yeah, definitely. I definitely um, understand. It's not as relatable as pretty much what you're saying to everyone. Right. Like it's kind of like okay, this is um, Kendrick's life, whereas we get that from the first two, but it's still like everybody kind of can relate. Um, I also think that they that's not there because there's not that story aspect with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like in some form, there was a story going on with uh, those previous two albums. I even think in his uh, EP um, that he released, Untitled Unmastered, there was a little bit more of like Untitled else. Unmastered. Yeah, was there like some... I think that was just a B sides album. Oh, okay. You listened to that record, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's just a B sides. Oh well, I've just the, the things that he tossed out. From... I feel like on a couple of those songs, it's like some uh, like speaking, like talking parts. Actually, I know for a fact there is on the last one. Yeah, I I just, again, I, I think that's literally the story of where that record came from is ones that they chucked out after making Butterfly that didn't make the cut. Well, whatever, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> well, but, I mean, you are right because it would be a, a continuation of of different elements of the story that just weren't important enough to keep on the, on yeah. the record. So it's part um, of the same story, though. He doesn't have that story thing going, um, so it's not going to be as... Like, you know, we can put ourselves in there and, you know, see the picture kind of thing. Um, also, I think what he was going for on this album is, like, he wanted to make an album that the radio was going to play a lot, you know? Right. Like, uh, as huge as To Pimp a Butterfly was, like, there wasn't necessarily, like, a huge single off of there, you know? Like, it got some play. Um, what about All Right the, was, was pretty big. Yeah, All Right was huge. But it was more like an anthem for black people at that point. It wasn't actually, like, a, a radio. Do you remember when All Right got on Fox News? They took an excerpt yeah. of it? That's that was pretty amazing. But again, because it was like an anthem for you know for us, um, it wasn't necessarily like a radio banger kind of thing. Man, my phone's so everything. man. All your all your ladies hitting you up tonight, huh? It's that, probably getting that saved. It's probably that getting, pink shirt, man. It's getting saved by the bell here a little bit. It's that pink shirt right there, man. Yeah, <laughs> you can see it through the phone. I feel like you can hear it through the microphone. I'm wearing a, you know, short sleeve button up. What pink shirt? How does that sound, Josh? How does it sound to you guys? Leave, drop us a comment. What? Don't drop a comment about his shirt, how you can hear his shirt through the phone. What? This is nonsense. Um, but getting back to my story, your phone keeps uh, getting me off track. Pretty much, he wanted to make a, a radio record here. You know, he wanted, like, something that was going to get played on the radio. If you were to make the argument that he sold out, it would be yeah, this one this that you're one. saying Definitely. right now. Definitely. I feel like he sold out... Um, to an extent on Good Kid, Mad City, because, like, if you listen to his albums before that, they were, you know, a lot different. Drink is kind of a, I mean, he, that's obviously intentionally a Definitely. radio and then he, song. You got a song with Drake, too, uh, using a Janet Jackson sample, like, that's kind of Oh, I didn't out. know that was a Janet Jackson sample. That's yeah. yeah. So you're going to sample something that's already a hit, and of course it's going to be a hit. I, that song, to me, I mean, you're talking about... Um, poetic Justice. Poetic Justice. It's a good song, but sticks out out of the narrative of the, of the album so much. Yeah. I felt like it was like an obligatory, we got to have one for the ladies kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's another thing. Um, So, damn, um, it has that song Love on there. I hate slow-ass, like, sugary hip-hop songs. Like, it's, you can make a love song, like, as a hip-hop artist, but I just don't like, I don't know, when you're trying to make it kind of an R&B song, but it's still a hip-hop song, like, this doesn't work for me. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's an up up and coming producer, I believe. Then I forgot his name, but he's like a new producer in the game. Mm-hmm. He made that trying to make a name for himself. So definitely, I think it's a good song in general. But uh, I mean, 
maybe relative to the depth of the other stuff that he usually makes, it's a, it's a lot more. And then, oh, his biggest hit today is on there, and I think it's probably like his worst song, probably "Humble." Like it's so simple. Like that's funny. I that song is super hit and miss. I've talked to a, a producer friend of mine who has the same opinions. Dude, it's just two notes on a piano. Yeah, and it, like he's not even really rapping, rapping. You know what I mean? He's kind of just. Like, everybody, like, you could go to a four-year-old and they know that song. Like, they could rap it for you front to back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty surface level. Pretty yeah, lowest um, common denominator. So I think that that's my biggest problem. It's it's too accessible. You mm. know, like, he was definitely going for that radio record. There's enough. Love is a is a big, okay, man, you kind of sold out. Right? Yeah, like definitely, that's, that's, definitely. I mean, sold out is a strong word, but it has intentionality in it. Yeah, and humble to some extent, I mean... Yeah, again, lowest common denominator, surface oh, level, yeah. it's like poppier yeah. rap in general. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about still a very good record. Yeah, still, like I said, still probably an eight, eight and a half in my book. Um, probably still, if I had to rate like my top one hundred hip hop albums, it probably might make the cut. Oh, it honestly. would make the cut. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy that he's such a good artist. Like now, an eight, eight and a half for me is a letdown. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm expecting. He has a trajectory where every album gets better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he he did for a while, you know. So, oh, can't and, wait to see what comes next, man. Speaking of selling out, um, probably one of my favorite songs on the album, but still a very sellout song. Uh, Loyalty with Rihanna. I feel like Rihanna is just a cheat code. Like there's yeah, two artists that are cheat codes, like Rihanna, Drake, and Beyonce. Like if you get any of them on a record, like you you're guaranteed a hit. That's yeah. Like Cardi B is trying to become that now. Or the label's trying to make Cardi B that nah, she's not gonna be a cheat code. Yeah, every time there's like a big song, Tatiana, that happens, she gets on the remix. She's hot right now. Same but. with uh, you know, Lil Nas X's song. Yeah. Uh, That's just because they're hot right now, but Beyonce, Rihanna, and Drake are like They've icons, been cheat codes, you know? they've been industry standard cheat yeah, codes. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're cheat codes, like for the end of time. They're like a on Michael Jackson level. Like you put Mike on a song. You got a hit. Right. I understand. So, <laughs> little tangent. I got I to gotta throw this in here, man. We're talking about hip-hop this whole two segments. I have, a, I have a little bit of a spiel. Oh, here we go. Okay. Always bring up these guys, Playboy Cardi, and, you know. Josh, Josh. But here, we'll go in a different direction with it because I, I just want to get this out of my system. There's a complaint that I've been meaning to respond to. That mostly comes from like an older generation of hip hop people, is that the lyricism of modern hip hop is watered down, right? This is a completely off subject thing. I just I I need to get it out, man. You, you take somebody like Playboy Cardi, super simple lyricism, and a, the com, the cliche complaint that you hear about modern the modern wave of rap is it's just like oh they're just talking about you know money and cars and women. Yeah. Right? Money and drugs, just simple, super simple primate brain stuff. Hell yeah. Here's here's a realization I had. Ready for this? Hit us with it. Modern hip-hop is the hero's journey. Wait, whoa. Yeah. It's a, it's like, the narrative like, like hero's Joseph journey. Like Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey? Yes, sir. What? Okay. It's, 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 I was broke and there was trials and I'm at the other end of it. It's described. That's why it's so mm. invigorating to listen to. I was mentioning this album to you earlier, Nipsey Hussle. Um, uh, remind, Victory Lab. Victory Lab. I really like that record. Yeah. That's a more intelligent way of expounding on this thing, maybe more so than a uh, 
little boat, but I was broke. This is what my circumstances were like growing up. Then I worked really hard. Then I overcame things, and now I have a lot of rewards. It's they're just telling the hero's journey for us. That is a funny ass way to like. But that but when you think about it, <laughs> I'm gonna sound all psychoanalytical here. Yeah, this man turned but, into a psychology class. You know, there's a reason that we get addicted to the the media that we get addicted mm-hmm. to. There is a reason that the same old stupid like movie plot works really well on us, is because it appeals to archetypal stories that are built into our brain already. And modern hip hop is is doing that, man. We're living vicariously and and we're through our hero, which is like a little boat or something. I'm not saying the little boat necessarily have has to be your, my hero. your hero or you don't have to necessarily idolize him, but you're participating in in a in a uh, vicarious journey to the hero's yeah. journey. And at the point where he's at the other end, he has a lot of, you know, money and cars and big house. You know how many uh, thesis statements you just wrote for uh, high school uh, seniors I've just in college? I've been meaning to say this forever, man. Like you just wrote a lot of papers, so. You, you're welcome to use this for your paper <laughs> if you want. And I'd really like to hear your opinion on this too because, I mean, there's, there's, this, there's patterns that we can witness in stories that we like and movies mm-hmm. that we like. I think in movies and, and music that we like too, we are experiencing something that triggers primal uh, relatability. So, so you would put hip-hop, like just general hip-hop, like on par with like a Star Wars. That's the hero's journey. So what happens in Star Wars? Luke has, he's poor, lives on a desolate planet. He's got no future. And then he overcomes obstacles. He has to kill his own father. There's a whole, there's like a, sorry, spoiler alert. There's, it's almost, it's like almost Oedipal how he has to go through this, like the most difficult thing possible, the most scary thing possible. He has to go into the eye of the abyss. Damn Comes it. The other you side. just ruined uh, Star Wars for me. Yeah, I was going to have a marathon. It. So, Little Boat, he grows up in these circumstances. Very little money. No girls, no nothing. No, 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 um, Credibility. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> overcomes circumstances and then explodes the Death Star of the fact that he has like a huge sneaker collection of $3 million. In and a Sprite uh, endorsement. And a Sprite endorsement. But makes crappy music, but that's... Sprite endorsement is the exploding. Yeah, but think about how, how un... That's almost more so the hero's journey that he makes crappy music because think about how like... Luke Skywalker is a pretty regular... Dude, you know? Yeah, we're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> He's a regular guy, you know, just any an every man from a planet. Uh-huh. And uh, goes on this journey and comes out the other end. And the fact that Little Boat doesn't make music where an extraordinary person is necessary makes it even more relatable. Hmm. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Uh, hip-hop <laughs> is the hero's journey. I did it! Uh, coming to a book stand near you, <laughs> Josh Jacobs, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Jacobs. Oh man, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> I really have fun doing it. I have fun doing it too. I'm Jaren. I'm Josh. We'll be back next week. Check us out.